everybody. This is AJ Capasso here, host of Talking with the Source. You are watching another episode with us. I'm here with my host, Jonathan Keyworth. What is up, my friend? What's up, brother? How are you? Good, good, man. Good. You know, uh, watching one cloud over my house right now rain as the rest of the sky <laughs> blue is the story of my life. But it's, it's like Winnie right the now. Pooh, dude. It's it's like, yeah, following me, I swear. It's uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it just happened outside, and I was just laughing at myself. Oh, but there's Des. Hi, Des. Hey, Des. How are it was you? It your birthday yesterday. Happy so, birthday, Des. Happy birthday. Um, I just want to say real quick before we begin. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my friend Michael, who runs 203 Detailing out of Connecticut, USA. If you have a car and, or a truck or anything and you need detailing or paint correction, give him a shout out. His number is 203-707-7077. And like I said, he does a great job, as you can see, he does detailing and paint correction. So definitely check out his website. I mean, his uh, telephone number um, for more information. Um, just to let you know, too, we are live on Parapost Network. Um, if you have a vodcast or you want to stream it, get more exposure, anything along those lines, hit me up at talkingwiththesource at gmail.com, and I'll help you get your vodcast on Parapost Network. It's a network of family of all different podcasts. Um, so definitely you're going to want to check it out if you haven't. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. Um, so check it out. Um, but right now we have an amazing guest. Um, we have a guest that we've had before. He's an amazing guy. He is one of the smartest people that I've ever talked to about tech. And I'm super happy to have him on to talk about paranormal equipment, man. And uh, his name is Andy Guy. He's from Skyer Tech. Hold on one sec. Let me bring him on. Hey, Andy, how are you? Hi, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm fantastic. Thanks. Hold good, on to, good to see you again. There we go. <laughs> oh, he did it to me. There, there I see. <laughs> no one wants to see your mug. I know. <laughs> but anyway, how you been though, Andy? Good. Yeah, yeah, very, very busy. We're doing lots of lots of things this year, and um, working out what we're doing next year. So yeah, it's uh, been pretty full on, trying to do the equipment stuff and spend enough time actually investigating and and trying to fit some sort of re reviewing in there at the same time. Yeah, at the same time as being present at home. I know that feeling. Yes, I understand. I totally can imagine. It must take up a ton of the time that you have. So it's amazing that you could find the time to do all of it, to be honest. Yeah, well, I've got a, I've got, I've got a good group of people I, who I investigate with and review with. And we try and try and share the, the load a little bit. And uh, I've got a very supportive partner who is very involved in, in helping making equipment now as well. So it's, uh, it's a team effort. That is great, man. That is great. so. Any cool places that uh, that you went recently? Uh, my yeah, my favorite recently uh, was a couple of months ago, and I'm going again twice in December. Is the Haunted Antiques Paranormal Research Center? Have you potentially heard that that at all? Uh, it sounds familiar. Uh, I think I, I I may have seen it on on a clip or something uh, through my Facebook. But if you want to describe it more, that'd be great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a location where uh, Neil Packer set it up, and it's it's kind of like a collection of haunted objects that he's tried to kind of theme into what sorts of objects they are. And the, the best thing about it is that there's nothing off limits there. That, okay, there's about five five things, but you can pick up these things. You can pick up and wear these World War II helmets and put on oh, outfits wow. and carry dolls around and actually really kind of interact with the the objects and experiment with them. Oh, that's and cool, man. Wow. The interactions we had there were, were unbelievable. I've never known such a night where you – it's always good when you, you don't even get to do the intro, like saying who you are and why you're there. It just goes straight into things happening and just solidly throughout <laughs> the night. You don't get a chance to stop. Yeah. No one wants a tea break. You just <laughs> you yeah. go the entire time. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. What kind of experiments did you guys run there? So uh, – well, my, well, the, the favorite experiment we did there was the uh, the one they called the Singapore experiment, where you you try and pick specific audio to play back, which is is related to like people there or events or periods it was built. But the problem is with uh, haunted antiques research center, where it's full of so many different things. You um, 
you, it's hard to work out what to actually do, how to focus on it, and what to actually pick out. But we were lucky. There was one room which was um, a war-themed room where they had uh, swords from you know, several hundred years ago and and different bits from the war and loads and loads of stuff, which I'm amazed that they let you know, ghost soldiers wander around holding swords in the dark. But, but when we were sitting there, um, we were advised to try playing some German music. So I was playing some German military marches. And as we were just sitting on this table, just kind of talking about the, the, the marches, talking about the, the environment, etc. started hearing this tapping on this case behind us. So I got to go, got up and checked to find out what, what it might have been and couldn't see anything that was causing it. But inside this case was this, this German military helmet they found on the beaches of Normandy. Wow. And uh, as soon as we sat down, someone, someone felt someone walk right up behind them and it was just, it was just constant things going beep and uh, hearing odd little noises all around us just until we stopped playing that music and then it quieted down again. It just it was like an instant trigger. Isn't it wild how like certain things like that can bring out the energy in the environment, whether it be the stone tape theory that's causing it or whatever it may be. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing that these entities or energies are reacting to the energy of this music and to the vibration and frequency of whatever's going on in the room at that time. And I just find that so awesome that you guys are, you know, basically getting so much that you're disoriented. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it was, it was hard to have this um, data logger that I, I wear when we're investigating. Yeah. And I was just clicking it constantly. It's like, yep, that's happening and trying to record what just actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't really think about it, actually. The, uh, it's, I'm wondering if, might not only just be uh, some sort of familiar sound or frequencies that attracts attention, but perhaps it's something about also kind of getting your own mindset to be kind of synced up with whoever else might be familiar with that music. So you end up kind of more on the same, I don't want to say wavelength, but at least in the same sort of mindset and that sort of receptive state where you can possibly have better connection with them. Definitely. Yeah, so, see, we were talking to Jay Hill. He was on our show recently, and he, he was talking about, uh, and, and me and him were kind of conversing about grounding yourself, you know, before you go into investigation, you know, touching something that's connected to the earth and, you know, going into these investigations. If that, if that, I mean, everything's energy, you know, it's just, it's just focusing into that frequency and, and, what what's binding it you know and I, I i totally i totally believe that 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 objects can can hold your energy if it meant a lot to you you know i i don't know what do you think I always come back to that if you if you uh had your wallet and you've been using it for years and then you end up chucking into a pile of other very similar wallets do you think you'd be able to spot it or find it or pull it out I mean, uh, maybe, maybe. maybe. I, I've never tried it. I mean, yeah. I mean, if I looked through them, I would be able to probably, but mm. it would probably take me like a long time, most likely. But <laughs> it's, it's an body. interesting experiment, isn't it? Could it you is, tell yeah. it's yours by the feel of the, the, of, the, of the wallet? Yeah. Oh, no. If it was all the exact same, I probably wouldn't be able to. Mm. That's, that's, that's not Nando. You need to buy 100 <laughs> wallets now. Hey, Nando. How are you? No, yeah, that's weird. I never thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. You know, and it, but it's taking it, your kid's goldfish and putting it in with a bunch of other goldfish. Find which yeah. one's yours. Which is your goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right about that. So what do you think for, like, not in our physical bodies? Do you think that it's possible maybe that the energy can attract energy like that? Or do you think, no, maybe there's a different way that you've that you've maybe thought of or theory? I don't know. That's, I think there's a lot... I think there's a lot to the paranormal. I think there's a lots of random different events that we're perceiving in different ways, which have got nothing to do with each other. And we're just kind of, we tend to want to group them together. Group them together. I mean, you only have to look at quantum entanglement to, to think, well, that's, that's something I just cannot explain. It definitely happens. You can, you can do it in a lab. You can create it. It might be the future of how we communicate and maybe even teleport in the future. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. No, how does it work? Einstein doesn't know how it worked. Yeah. No, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. You're you're 100% right. And that's the one thing with like, especially the whole quantum, you know, quantum aspect, quantum mechanics, quantum stuff like that. It's so hard to 
put a lot of the stuff together, you know, quantum entanglement, stuff like that, you know, like even yeah. Einstein didn't understand. So how could we understand really, you know? And, <laughs> I think it's very early doors and we're, and we're seeing some of the symptoms of how these things kind of interact with our world. And then sometimes we go, okay, I, I've definitely seen that. I don't know what it is. And sometimes our brains go, I don't understand that. I'm going to fill in some of the gaps. And that's, that weird kind of misty thing I just saw was definitely, you know, a lady in white coming towards me just because then your brain feels more comfortable with seeing something it doesn't understand. Yeah. So, so what do you, how do you feel about Nikola Tesla? Cause I know that AJ and I, we, we really admire his work and I, I wish, I wish, you know, that we mm. could see his, his stuff. I know it's publicated on, on a PDF on the, uh, what is it? The CIA or whatever files I, I downloaded them, but a lot of the stuff is retracted. A lot of blackouts. But what? Yeah, it, what shame. do you think about Nikola Tesla's work? Well, I like that I like that quote where he says, "To understand the secrets of the universe, you just need to look at energy and frequencies," because that that does seem to be something that always keeps cropping up again and again when we're doing what we're doing. So. He definitely was onto something. And I really wish he'd, the the, um, the wireless power thing had come to fruition and it had the money to yeah. pursue that. Yeah, exactly. That's, hey, that's Ed, I just want to shout out, he's listening to on the radio while he's cooking. So that's Ed O'Dell of the Rift Network. So thanks, thanks Ed, for tuning in. Don't burn it. And yeah, I'll don't burn the food. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Sylvia says, Andy, my boy, I was just about to hit you up to re reorder. Hey, Todd. So, Good to see you. We'll catch you soon. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I just wanted to say thank you again for coming on before I say one more thing. I, I wanted to bring up what you did for uh, Robin um, at Skyrotech for the little promotional thing. So I wanted you to explain it a little bit to the viewers so that I could put it up in the uh, underneath us. Yeah, so um, on the uh, on the website site, skyrotech.co.uk, um if you fancy getting anything from there because it seems interesting, then um, just use the code HAFEN, um, H-A-F-F-E-R-N, at checkout, and you get 10% knocked off. Um, wow, man, that's awesome. 10% off your, your stuff. That That's yeah. good. Thank you very much for that, for promoting yeah. Robin, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, thank you so much. For everything that Robin's going through, uh, we really appreciate all our viewers. Please go out and check over uh, skyrotech.co.uk. And uh, put in that half earn code, get your 10% off. Um, we're going to show some of his equipment right now, actually, because I wanted to ask you about the frequency thing you were talking about with the recorder before. If you can explain a little bit more into it, because I know you did last time. Can't really, I don't want to reiterate something that I'm not smart into, so I'll let you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try my best. Just before I move on, though, because Todd said hi there. Um, yeah. Actually, um, try and make it a bit easier to get things across to the, to the States. So if you, uh, yeah, if you, you want to pick up something from relatively paranormal as well, then it's, at least it's um, it's survived the journey across the uh, Atlantic. So that's it's kind of helpful. Yep. Well, Todd didn't mean to call you Annie. Yeah, <laughs> he said Annie. Damn phone. I Annie, yeah. It's still the weekend, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it is the weekend. There you go. There you go. He goes, damn phone. He goes, damn phone. That's funny. <laughs> Auto, talk about the, uh, please go ahead and talk about the, the yeah device. yeah the G freak. So um, I'm not sure about I'm sure, I'm sure like everyone who investigates you you end up kind of getting some some really good evidence and things you want to play to people and things you go I I just can't explain that I've heard it time and time again I've tried to work out what it is can't debunk it it's just unexplained and you just end up with this kind of pile of of footage of things you can show to people. But you're not really learning a lot from it. So I started focusing on different elements and breaking things down into different types of um, events and how people were witnessing. There was the focus, kind of what was what was the thing that happened? Did you see it? Did you hear it? So, and part of that, I was looking at EVPs and disembodied voices, so DVPs they're called now, and footsteps and top anything kind of audio because that's the same sort of thing really. It's either passing through the air as fluctuations of air pressure or your your brain is picking up and it thinks it's audio. So I thought I'm going to focus on that, see if I can see any patterns. And I'm looking at the spectrum of frequencies on, on lots of different EVPs and footsteps as well. And occasionally knocks. I was seeing this, this um, 
significant collection of frequencies in the 400 to 550 range. I was keeping seeing these little kind of spikes. There's a lot of them in that range. Yeah. And I think there's there's some other theories which, which do say that there's some sort of resonant frequency about 400 hertz, which I only learned of later after going through this. Yeah. So for years, I, what I did to clean up EVPs, as soon as I got one or someone sent me something, I would just go into Audacity and do a do a five ten decibel boost just on those frequencies, and it would it would pick out extra bits. You'd hear things yeah. in there. I was um. That, that, that's what I use. I I, I use a crossover uh, when I do my live sessions, uh, and right at uh, I don't know between. 800 to 1,000 is, is where I get my best responses. I'll, I'll, I'll play a clip for you later. But, yeah, yeah continue, man. That, that, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very useful for a long time. And um, I got to the point where I was like, I, I wish I'd – like there's this one place, this Fort Whitley, where we were hearing these footsteps. Like nearly every time we went, you got these battlements and people were witnessing these footsteps walking up to them. No one was there. And on the recording, after I cleaned it up, you could hear that they were on gravel and then there's no gravel around. It was all kind of grassed over. Mm. So that would have told us a lot more about what actually occurred on that night that we were hearing yeah. the recording as opposed to we were witnessing someone actually moving through the grass. And that would have probably changed the way we tried to then capture it. So I thought I, I need to be able to do this stuff in the field maybe. So that's why I made um, this, which is just basically a unpowered bandpass filter, which when you put audio through it 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 reduces the other frequencies and enhances the frequencies which are after the 400 to 550 so, so do then, you use a, a mini plug to plug that into your uh, mic part on your uh, recorder it's a, a 3.5 mil yeah side okay. and all right yeah. like an arrow so it's kind of okay. you pass you pass through in the direction of the arrow if someone recently said it looks like a, a lego man with no head yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I was just doing the same thing. That's so funny you said that. <laughs> no, no, you're not gonna unsee that. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna unsee that now, but I love that. That's such a great thing. Now I wanted to um ask you about that. Now you've done a ton of research. You said twelve years in the back. Mm. Um, uh, you know, you've been studying this and you've been figuring out the range of those frequencies. Now, with frequency, and you're hearing that gravel, right, with the CVP, what do you believe you're actually hearing or going on in that frequency range? Like, are we hearing the dead or are we hearing a uh, um, resident frequency of some kind of something? What do you believe that is going on in this? Like, uh, what, how would you explain that? It's, it's an interesting question because one of the big questions when it's about disembodied voices and yeah. And things that you hear with your ears in real time is yeah. how did it get to my ears? How how did it vibrate my eardrum? And as I've got recordings of these footsteps on several different occasions, then we heard it in the same way as the audio recorder heard it, that something vibrated the air between the point of origin and where it picked up on the recorder and picked up on your ears. So whatever it was that caused it had enough energy to create those air vibrations and has had that energy every time that we've been there. And who knows if it's every time we're not there. So for me, that has seemed to be in a recording. So it's something which is happening potentially if people there or not. It's it's something you don't, we have to try and figure out by recording lots of times and not being there to work out if, you, yeah. if people being there is a component in providing the energy which it needs to move that air. But something mm. certainly had to move the air and change the pressure in order to record it and for people to hear it and where that came from who can say i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't say that something like a recording would be something like a alternative dimension or yeah maybe even yeah not even a time slip because it's basically it keeps on happening and something yeah. you need yeah, that energy it's like the repeating happen. repeating thing like there's there's a spirit here in Colorado off of Riverdale Road where you go to this one spot and you stand there and and he'll run right by you and you get cold and your your goosebumps go up and you just feel uneasy and it just starts over again it just keeps going and you can hear the feet in the gravel like but now it's a golf course and they got security there so they don't allow anybody to go there anymore 
Yeah. Shame. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see if now it's kind of a golf course, if it does still sound like gravel. I'm sure it does. I would guarantee it does. Cause this guy apparently was jogging in 1980s and, and got hit by a car and left for dead in the, the ditch. Wow. So that's the story. Yeah. That's kind of what happened with our footsteps as well. After, after he caught it and then played back the gravel sound to the curator of the fort. Yeah. And he said, well, actually back when it was um, a fo- active fort in the Victorian era, they had shale up on, on the battlements, not the grass verges now there. Um, so we started looking at the newspaper reports around that sort of period. And we found several unrelated deaths. Uh, some were hit by lightning and a couple of people fell off. One person was drunk and got his head clubbed in for some reason and was left up there. But because it's, and since that point, every time we go back, we try and use that information to try and get some communication, but it's, nothing ever responds to it it's just something which just happens sometimes one person there sometimes with a group of people there just where it comes from is is the mystery isn't it but yeah exactly. later yeah no absolutely that is the huge history of it absolutely 110 percent. i mean um, looking on all the the research and stuff like like we know there's different realms and and they're they're saying that like in this this fifth dimension there is no time you know that there is no i mean if you think about it now you know time is just a measurement of interactions i you know yeah yeah you know it's something that that we made up as humans you know the same with money you know and and you know dogs don't care what time it is or you know the sharks wherever you are they don't they don't know what time is and it's just amazing yeah yeah you know yeah. you know it's weird to sit here and think about like oh you're like there's no such thing as time you know like it's a weird concept to think about because we're so used to it growing up in that environment where we've known time our whole lives we just the human construct of it but you know to live in that not knowing would probably be so much more stress free i think mm-hmm. in my opinion than having to sit here and worry about time because i feel like i don't have enough time in the day sometimes <laughs> To get all the stuff I want to do, you know what I mean, and I feel like I'm on this structure, you know. So I would love to be without time for a minute. That'd yeah. be awesome. Where a dog just goes, "Wow, I had a really nice dinner." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, thanks very much. And then he's on to the next thought. Yep. Yeah, I'm going for a snooze now. Yeah. What are you well, stressed well, now? Well, even even yeah, speaking yeah. of dogs, uh, uh, one of the scientists was saying, you know, a dog is programmed to know the longevity of their life. So, so one year of us is seven years to the dog, you know? So if you go to the mailbox and you come back, you, you've been gone to a month. To them, you know? that's, that's why they're so pleased to see you. why they're so happy yeah, to see you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They don't know what time it is. That would be, you know, that, that would be kind of scary actually, you know, if you think about it, you know, thinking about someone walking the mailbox coming back and you feel like they're going gone for a month. That would mm. be a freaky feeling. That would be a very freaky feeling, but, you know, I, you know, I, like I said, it's something maybe I'll experience when I die. Who knows, you know, but we'll figure it out, I guess. <laughs> we all have to, right? We'll all know eventually. <laughs> We're all going that way anyway. So, <laughs> but um, the next thing I want to talk about was the next device that you brought out on back. Um, if you could explain a little bit about it and what you guys would use it for um, during those investigations. The, the what, sorry? The, the box one that you showed in back of the, the other device that you had. Oh, that, that guy. Yeah, I couldn't think of the name. I couldn't think of the name. Yeah. So this is this is a, a custom one, which I don't yeah. think I'm going to put in general general kind of um, release because it's a bit of a pain to put together. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> basically, the concept is that is it's like like a Far off starting beacon, and uh, the beacon works in outputting both visible and audio frequencies in, in a very broad range. So between 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz audio signals, and then 700 nanometers up to UVs, like 1,200. So it goes goes throughout IR and visible and then UV bandwidths wow. in the same speed as whatever the audio frequency that's coming out of it. And... No idea if it's going to work at all. It was just a, a concept of of being able to kind of create a like an EM pump where 
EM, electromagnetic energy, can include visible light. So why not make something which then gives that energy in a form which might be useful? That is amazing. Yeah, but the idea of being is, is a, it, who knows it's going to work. We're going to give it a bit of trying out, um, see if it's good. I've put some patterns on here. So apart from just the frequency increasing, there's ones where it's, it one it decreases and increases at the same time, like a, a, a cross one and a polyphonic one. So there's a staggered so like start. like a wavelength and then a, a sharp, sharp. Thing. Exactly. Lots of different yeah. things and, and see what sticks, you know. Try yeah. it out there. See if it, if it like an EM pump, it, it generates an attraction. It, it pulls something towards it that it finds useful. Now, and, what, um, if you don't mind me asking this, because I've always wondered this. You said it was very hard to put that together. Now, what hmm. goes into something along those lines of getting those bandwidths between, like those wavelengths of light, or regulating them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in this case, I cheated. <laughs> I wouldn't so, know the difference. So, so hey. the, um, yeah. So uh, what I did was was integrate um, uh, audio files in here. So it's it's oh. playing audio files, which are then timed, and then that timing then syncs up with the light generation so that it's um it goes so did the same you use like a frequency genuine generator on the the files you know, oh yeah well yes exactly yeah, to create the files i, I okay. did and then then played the files because it's it makes it easier to make it kind of portable and not use up lots of batteries and and uh yeah yeah that's that's fussy now that yeah. is that is absolutely awesome i i love that device man i i can't wait to you guys you know just you know, Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, I'm. I love the stuff you come up with, and and your team comes up with because it's so in depth and so scientific that you know you are getting data, and that's really what the whole point of this is. If you're a real paranormal investigator or researcher, that you want data and you want solid data for your experiments. So it's perfect that you guys come out with this this great great equipment, man. I, I always love talking about this stuff because you're so intelligent in it and you've done so much research into it. And I know you may not feel like you're this intelligent into it, but when you're talking, <laughs> talking to a beginner that knows nothing about it, I tell you what, you, you awe me with it, man, truly. So um, I, I love learning from you. So I really, truly appreciate all the knowledge that you share. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what I to do as well. Just, just, you know, you talk to people about things and, and, and listen to what their theories are, because you might not always agree with people, but, this whole thing is such a, a big mystery and there's so many different things to it that it's amazing in, in odd places, you, you hear these little things, you think, Oh, hang on, that clicks. I know you're talking, you know, about uh, crystals and how that you can pick up via this. And I thought, hang on, yeah, that makes sense. You can use a radio has got a crystal. Every, every watch has got a crystal. Every mobile phone has got a crystal there is something in crystals and resonance and energy. So why, why can't we have this conversation? Even if it seems like it's like I'm all about the data, but it was also about all about kind of pulling other people's ideas and then kind of working on those and then sharing what we find. And that's, that's where I found we've progressed the most is just by trying to involve people as much as possible. Dude, I, I got a video on my phone of a guy that put electrodes on a mushroom and it was singing a song. All these different frequencies <laughs> are coming through, and it's playing the song. And wow. I, I don't know the piece of equipment. I'll, I'll, I'll no, send, I'll, uh, I'll message you the video, and you, you can watch it. it. It's amazing, man. Yeah, they have oh, a device man. out now that you can hook these two things up now, and on any kind of plant, any type of thing, and it'll play frequencies of whatever the plant is producing or whatever. Feeling or thinking or putting out. Yeah, it's really yeah. It's absolutely wild. And it goes back to what we were talking about before about frequency and like how a lot of this stuff does keep reoccurring, you know, re coming up, you know. And so, you know, there has to be something to it. There has to be mm. something, something to whatever we're we're studying, right? <laughs> yeah, there's some, there is definitely something to it. Yeah. Absolutely. There's too many people who've seen and recorded things to say there's nothing to it. Absolutely. It's just what is it? Exactly. What is it? Now tell me, what is one of your favorite technologies that you've created? that you put your heart and soul into that you were like, I am very proud of this. Um, well, it's probably all the, the, but. Probably the, the data logging, um, both, both the technology, but also kind of the protocols around it as well, um, which has enabled us to kind of just keep building on things. Mm. So 
when we investigate, I, I, this is kind of why I start building things in the first place was I wanted to be able to kind of record things um, methodically and consistently and be able to then go to a, a fort or um, a manor house or a castle or, or anywhere. And doesn't matter where you go and how long you're there, you're, you're gathering data during that point, which you can compare against each other. So I started making these data loggers you could carry around, but then I made some we could wear and ones that can go outside and ones that each team can carry. And then, then they all sync up, which has been good and, and reliant on the protocols of, of making sure the times are right and starting at the same sort of time and then yeah. uploading them to our website and then using that to compare stuff. I remember talking about this on the first podcast and this yeah, device yeah. is absolutely incredible that you've made. And I'm so happy that you picked this device as your favorite because this is definitely one of my favorites that you've created. And and I have to say that as a researcher, like this is something that I want to pick up from you because like it's something that I would love to have to have my data stored somewhere where I can just put it onto a computer. You know what I mean? And like have the data. Yeah, exactly. I mean, John, do you remember that this device? I don't know if you were with us, like I said, in the first episode. No, I wasn't. I, but I, I remember watching the episode. The device is crazy. Like, yeah. And, and I think that's imperative, you know, because when you're there investigating, you know, I hate reaching into my bag for all, all the different stuff. If I could get it all on one thing and it's recording as it's as it's going, that's insane. In my backpack. I'll, I'll, I'll show you if you like. I'll just yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to grab it. Yeah. Um, the ne next, well, the interesting you say that actually, because the next step for us is to um, improve the technology a little bit, get to network between the different, um, oh yeah, the different data loggers. Oh, yeah. But also, because at the moment we upload it manually to a website, but I'm going to get it so it is going to the website. So mm -hmm. during the investigation, we can see some of these yeah. correlations or see what areas which things are happening, so we can move the investigation there. Yeah, because if you have something happen at this point in time and the same you hear the same noise or the same thing, it happens at this point in time, then you can you can find that frequency range of of you know if I saw something or I heard something and and that will help us get that technology that hey, here's some glasses, put these on and you'll go see some ghosts. It's operating yeah. at that frequency, you know? Yeah. That'd be ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be awesome. The um what one thing we're working towards once we do those is, and I've been speaking to quite a number of uh, venues around the UK, is actually um, making that available to other people so that they can then investigate, upload it to a site, and then use that for their their team to can then see these things. We yeah. also have access to uh, locations which are running these like twenty four seven to see if then you're seeing any correlation between like when you go there and you're investigating. Is are these things happening more often than when people are not there, for example? Yeah, and yeah. Like, like if you left the equipment there. alone, would you get the same responses yeah. as if you yeah. were there? You know? Yeah, that's perfect. I'll uh, sh show you what uh, what I use. So it was originally a prototype. So it's an it's a backpack rig. Oh my gosh! Oh, and cool. on it, it's got a it's got the IR and a, and a camera. So yeah. what I'm looking at and recording. And then on the back, I've got like a little screen so I can see what the data log is doing. Like that, yeah, because you'll be able to see what it's seeing. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. And be able to then also record when I see things or exactly. sync up equipment. That's a very important part. How heavy is it? Um, not very heavy. Okay. Big bloke, right? so like, like a baby? Yeah, like a little yeah. baby? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, bag of sugar, maybe? Bag of sugar. Okay, there you go. all right. That's good. And yeah. the one I like as well, it's got a built-in two dynamic microphones on either side as well, connected to an audio oh, recording wow. backpack. So that once when I'm walking around and then I um, hear something, I log it, I can pick it out what direction exactly was in, in lieu with where my camera is as well. That is that is awesome. I that was me. I let some gas go. My partner's also got one. So between us, we have this kind of, sort of four directions quite often in each room so we're able to then see exactly or hear exactly where the thing came from well that is that is awesome because that's so that's one thing we're always looking for you know we hear a sound and we're like where did that come from you know it sounds yeah. like one spot but it's always somewhere else you know so have you had great success with that like as a microphone to have those four ranges absolutely i mean um 
nine times out of ten, it's it just helped us debunk things. But in reality, I'm I'm always a little disappointed when you debunk something amazing, but also kind of yeah. glad yeah. you don't fool yeah. yourself. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It stinks because you're like you want it to be something, but like, <laughs> yeah, you were like so excited. You're like, oh, yeah. I got something, and, I know. and then you're like, oh, it's this shadow off the wall. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. no. <laughs> someone yeah. clearing their throat and they forgot they did it. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or someone whispered and they didn't, you know, remember. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. Bane, the new guy. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, I tell nobody ever whisper. Don't never whisper to me. <laughs> So there's Faye. Oh, Hi, Faye. I kind of passive aggressively, like you know, when you kind of you you flag things, like you know, you made a creek one. Well, when someone else is whispering, I'll say, "So and so just whispered." Yeah, no, that's yeah. I do that <laughs> see, they pick up on it. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why I like investigating alone. I like I, I try to do everything by myself if mm. I can. You know, if people are up there, I'll go to the complete opposite place. You know, yeah, where there's no yeah, yeah. no noise uh, uh what do they call it distribution you know i, yeah, I just contamination. I can't, I can't handle that yeah yeah that was quite that was one one of the only good parts about the uh the lockdown period is we were able to get some locations and just go with like a couple of people we eventually oh, yeah. ram in a couple of times you know the, the everybody was dying for money where everybody was trapped at home so yeah yeah, yeah, so some locations were like, okay, if you're only coming in with three, four people, then that should be fine. And then you were able to get it for a song. It was uh, it was quite good. Oh, that's amazing. Now tell me, as your experiences at Ancient Ram Inn, have you guys had great yeah. success with your equipment there? Um, on Actually, yeah, on the toast times when there was hardly anyone there, that was our, our best times. And um, I was just um, starting to introduce the Magnavex, which is a, a magnetometer. Mm -hmm. um, that detects shifts in the magnetic field between the polarity or sudden spikes which weren't present during a quite a long calibration period and that was the first place that which we, we were trying out as, as an independent unit rather than just on my backpack trying to spot the uh the changes on the, on the data logger and we were so getting does it distinguish between electric and magnetic changes or it's specifically magnetic so it's okay. it's right. electromagnetism. Yeah. It's just magnetism, which which is actually quite interesting. Um, yeah, it's like a compass. It's like a digital compass, basically, right? It's going back to like people were using compasses for years, and then we forgot about magnetism for some reason and moved to electromagnetism. But people were using magnetism for a long time. Yeah. But kind of. Well, I know Ed. He was on earlier. Like I said, he was with is with Rift. He he believes in the compass. He'll he'll take a compass as opposed to a K two meter or anything, and and walk around locations. And if it starts going funky for some reason, that there's a field somewhere around there. So. There's less that can affect it than than the EMF yeah. in, in the modern world. That is great. Uh, Todd just said Magnavox is an absolutely amazing device. I've had a theory for a long time that spirits are made up of more of a magnetic or natural type energy than they are of a man-made electric type of energy. Magnavox has been helping me prove this theory over and over again on every investigation. It's absolutely badass device. So thank you, Todd, for saying that. Thanks, Todd. That is absolutely true. So, I mean, I've seen some some of his work and some things that Todd has caught is some absolute awesome stuff with, with your devices. So I, I totally am 100% behind it. And everyone else, please go and check out the, the link below, skyrotech.co.uk. Put Halfern in the checkout code for 10% off now um, and check out some more of this equipment. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Um, tell me, what would uh, what would one of your team members say would be one of their like top favorite uh, equipments compared to what you've chosen they they like the aerofluxes quite Aerofluxes. a lot so that's the one that detects the the pressure air pressure fluctuations which are in a pattern which we've seen through looking mm -hmm. at the data loggers because um they tend to indicate that something is is about to happen or to kind of pay attention to one area of the room or other so um they quite like the like putting them out in like like doorways so you put one in each doorway of the room you're in and then you see if anyone one goes off because then you know to expect something maybe from that direction or something that's oh, left wow. okay. so it's that this that's one's very popular because it's it's not something that's really looked at very much and and it's very consistently linked with other stuff happening mm. and if they're going off then it's a it's a good night <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
No, that is awesome. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't blame them for picking that. That's, that would be a great, you know, great tool to have like for my kid, because I always wonder like what, you know, changes right before something is about to happen. And I know talking mm. to you, obviously you said air pressure before. Have you noticed any other things that changes right before um, on your data loggers? Have you noticed any other changes in, in certain fluctuations? Well, the, um, the magnetic field one was one that came from yeah. the same sort of period, but we weren't too sure because there was a real weird inconsistency with that. But um, the other one that which we're trying to look into and we're going to study next year is, is air capacitance. So how much energy can the air store, which oh. appears to change, which may or may not be related to the air pressure, but potentially not. So we need to kind but of... Could temperature affect it as well? Yeah, yeah, you, you know can. what I mean. Yeah, okay. so we need to kind of do more studying related that relating to other other types of environmental change to see if if it's changing along with them, or it's changing outside those. Because then that would be strange, and something else must be affecting it. Yeah, or even having a temperature gauge in there to work an algorithm, you know, okay, it's 60 degrees, so, you know, the air should be here, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do that with data loggers with um, fog and dust. So there's there's an algorithm you use with humidity and temperature to work out what's, is it possible for dust to be suspended in the air or will it fall? Mm. And likewise with the temperature and the humidity, you can work out if fog can regenerate or not. So every second is recording that calculation as well. The result of it saying it is possible the dust can be in the air and it is possible that fog could be rolling in or not. So if you then see a mist or orbs, you can say, actually, that might not be dust. That's not dust because it can't be in the air, but it could be a spider. <laughs> yeah. At least you can rule things out. Now, see, my wonder is these fluctuations that you're catching, how much of it can affect the human body? is what I'm wondering. Like, I know air pressure can somewhat, like, affect the human body, but only very, you know, depending on certain factors. But, like, for other things, have you, like, looked into certain other fluctuations that can affect the human body? Because the reason why I'm asking this is because I have this theory that when a spirit shows itself to somebody or they have a full-body apparition-type scene, like, where they see something like that, I'm wondering if the energy is affecting the human body making the consciousness see whatever the brain is filtering if that kind of makes sense whatever the eyes are picking up and sensing and mm. filtering through the brain so i was just wondering are, are do you are you do you know of any other fluctuations that can cause any kind of type of things to the human body well besides it, it isn't it is interesting you said that actually because i don't know about you but there's there's sometimes when you're wandering around places you can feel like oh this this, this feels uncomfortable here or this feels like different to the other areas and you kind of yeah. get these hackles raised up. Sometimes we call it a Scooby-Doo feeling that Ooh. this seems or like an empathic feeling. I think that's what an empath is, is, is they'll, yeah. feel, they'll feel how a room changes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so maybe they're more sensitive to that, that atmosphere, you know? I would say that even people, I mean, I'm psychic as a, brick <laughs> but but sometimes you can walk around and, and feel like this feels a little bit different and that, so that must be something your body yeah. is picking up that you're reacting yeah. to and you do actually have more than five senses and i'm not even talking about third eye senses which are internal senses which are there to regulate different bits of your body which yeah. are literally got those jobs of keeping an eye on your body and then telling you when something needs to be done and your, your brain sorts it out so those are, those are other senses which can pick up on environmental changes, which aren't necessarily your skin picking up the, the temperature change. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, or smelling something, something as you're hearing oh, something. Yeah. yeah. Even faint I mean, a little you bit got all something. these senses that are connected to your brain. Or so. also, too, it's like when you're in a room with somebody and say someone hears something, but someone doesn't hear one. Like or someone mm. hears something in their ear, but the person standing right next to them doesn't hear that. Is some kind of energy affecting the human body, fluctuating the inner senses of our body to perceive and, you know, and our brain filters it out to this experience that we're having. You know what I mean? Audibly or mm. physically or whatever it may be. That was something I always wondered because you're collecting so much data and I find it so awesome 
um, you know, that, that, that. But um, does Andy have any equipment that registers infrasound? And what is his take on infrasound as it relates to a ghostly feeling from Victoria Monday? So I've looked into it. Um, and it's one of those difficult things because you need something which can pick up such a such a long wavelength because it's this uh, infrasound wave form is is miles long so you have to be able to pick up that much data a long period of time to then see if it's there well what would the, even be the hertz it would be so low that yeah it's like less than 20 you know, yeah yeah you wouldn't yeah. even be able to hear it but it has definitely been proven that it does affect humans t time and time oh. again oh yeah infrasound can do some damage for sure i mean i've heard some serious stories about like certain hertz like especially like i think it's like what we vibrated like seven hertz or something like that and if you were to match that hurt you can actually die or something along those lines I yeah it says, you know, even, even like, in the military man they have those uh, those things for crowd control that would make people throw up uncomfortable. and get sick yeah. you know yeah. yeah i i had that with this actually i was just it was running in my conservatory because it goes very loud and at one point, I just I felt terrible, and I just had to leave it and then, then come just, back later. I gotta go. So yeah. I'm going to put a health warning on it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, seriously. No, but no. It, it always makes you wonder, though. You know, like we are playing with a lot of this, you know, different type of equipment and stuff like that, and it's always made me wonder. Like, I know we're registering it, so I'm wondering if this type of energy is some affecting our bodies, and is that the reason why, you know, we're you know, for example, mediums, they say sometimes that someone's always standing behind you. They're, people are always standing behind you. They're never like in front of you or something like that. Right. So the mm. thing is, to me, they always see him behind you. So I'm wondering, are they always behind us because they can't get too close because the energy can affect our bodies? Is that it? Or is the energy just not wanting to get close because it knows it's intelligent and knows consciously that it can hurt us in some way? Like, who knows what that whole thing is about? But that's why I wanted to ask you. What you thought about the energy and affecting and also um with what victoria said you know she just said i feel the most ghostly things are vibrations and not electromagnetic things most of our equipment registers on emf spectrum what's your thoughts on that when we say vibrations it would need to be vi something vibrating basically yeah. like let's, let's go back to quantum mechanics with, with string theory for example yeah. the concept there being that that's each particle is, is not a single particle it's a string which is vibrating on a wavelength which then passes through seven different dimensions which are on different wavelengths all that is vibration but it needs it needs something to vibrate well i i think i think the easiest way to explain it is that everything will give off a frequency it's just what part of your senses is is feeling it because if you play mm -hmm. that guitar string i'm hearing 400 hertz through my ear but my eyes can't see the the vibration, so it's going to be lower in, in the light spectrum, you know. And then I, I can't feel it, so it's going to be even lower than you know. Than the, than Victoria, the light Victoria said audio frequencies and light frequencies. And Victoria, I don't know if you were watching earlier when um, Andy showed the device that he just picked up and was talking about how he was feeling terrible about. It's a custom device that he made that works on the wavelengths of the light frequency and also using audio frequencies like he was explaining before so take a look at that and um check it out um what we were talking about before because it may answer your question um a little bit more but um so nancy says that's what the cleaning guy at chamberlain hotel said about things that happens there it's always behind them <laughs> you know it always, just, it always makes you me know what you're talking about yeah, it just always makes me wonder, you know, it just always makes me wonder, like, is the energy never getting too close to us because it can hurt us, it can affect us, our bodies in a certain way? Or is that why when they do come close to us or whatever, that people get sick and they start throwing up, the room changes, like, these fluctuations? So that's why I had to ask you that question. One thing just struck me then when you said, do you remember I mentioned before, like, when you just listen to people and then you might pick out little bits which yeah. think, and I, I want to look into that. The thought of maybe always feeling like something's behind you, or you're sensing something behind you, might might mean that the part of your brains that took towards the back might have some impact in, in how it's picking up on it. That's I don't know what's back there. I need to, I'm going to do some research to find out what's at the back of your brain now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't know what parts are activated, what parts mm. aren't activated. You know, if if their energy can activate that, that one part that you've never felt before, and 
you know, that's why you get like goosebumps and warning signs or feeling sick. You know, it, it, there's so much into it, you know, it's so amazing uh, that we haven't tapped into all this stuff yet, you know. And the, the problem is, it's just, it's, there's too much stigma with it, really. Yeah. To actually, yeah. To, to, to properly put time and money and coordination into it because yeah. that's what it needs. It just needs, it needs kind of working together and coordinating a bit to kind of, come up with these ideas of things to check out and then, then going off and actually checking out. So, so Andy, real quick, I, uh, I, I want to play a clip for you if you don't mind, AJ. Uh, yeah. it, it was, uh, from my last session. Like I try to help, uh, cold cases. I just use a standard SB seven spirit box, you know, the little $40 one and I hook it up to my surround system. And I just want to play this clip for you to, to see, uh, if, if you hear it too. So, you mind? No, please do it. All right, all right. Bring it up. Okay. There's something there, guys. I got to review that. Uh, Jameson family, your bodies were found about three miles away from your truck. Can you tell me how you died? How did you die? That was pretty cool. It always makes me wonder, though, Andy, with with audio stuff, especially when I'm reviewing my audio and stuff, I always only pick out, like, really the clearest, clearest ones that I can hear because I always know Pareidolia and the way that our sound, we have that thing where that Laurel Laurel and Yanni type effect yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I can't think of the name, the actual scientific name of the effect. But, um, yeah, the, the Laurel and Yanni experiment and, um, you know, they did another one that was um, on a short recently and uh, it was just from a TV show and it was um, basically at a football game. Uh, uh, do you guys football soccer? They would be chanting that is embarrassing. But when you listen to it and you put different words on the screen, mm. your brain or Simpson yeah. is this yeah, or this. yeah, different gestures and words. So it always makes me wonder like, like, are we really hearing what we're hearing? Because as JK said in the in that video, he heard yeah, but it really when he reviewed it, he heard I know, as we heard clearly through it when he slowed it down. So that's why during real time, like I always I personally always go back and I know you do too, and you review everything. That's the reasons why we do our things to review stuff. But it just always makes me wonder when I hear certain things come out of the box. I try not to react sometimes, even I want, even though I want to, because when I review it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it didn't say that, you know, and I, now I look stupid, you know what I mean? But something that we do because it's things we hear in the moment, but I love that we are able to slow stuff down and, and check it out afterwards, you know, to be able to hear exactly what we hope we're getting, you know? But what a couple of times where you play it backwards and you actually, you hear things which weren't there before. That's what I was about to ask you about too. What do you believe in that effect? What do you think is going on there? That is a very interesting one, isn't it? Because it really is. Yeah, it's it. It would have to have been created, and then you're hearing it in the wrong direction. Yeah. It makes God, now I want to try to play that clip backwards and see what happens. Yeah. Okay, it was interesting there because that that was passing. Must have been. That's about 12, 13 different frequencies on the spirit boxes. It that's that what I'm saying. It, I, I do it at 150 milliseconds. So that's pretty fast. There's only one other speed above that, you know, mm -hmm. and that's like super fast. And, and for the time for that to go through, I mean, it went through at least seven different stations, you know, seven different frequencies. And, and I just can't, I, I don't know, you know, 
I don't know if it's my mind or my consciousness. If I actually made connection with energy that that can give these responses. It's like, what is that frequency though? Like, you know, what is that? Is it one frequency or is it multiple frequencies that they're actually, you know, truly coming through as, or can we make a spirit box that has one frequency that they can just use? That's not scanning all the time. That's what I want to know. Or is it, is is not actually to do with the scanning at all potentially yeah yeah like, exactly. a, like an evp exactly. is how does an evp appear on an audio recorder when no one's heard it so how did it get there without going through the air and i would propose one solution for that is is emf if the waveform was emf and then it hit the recorder and then got detected as audio it would record so what you can do is an experiment just using guitar pickups again if you use one of those uh, attached to a microphone, you can change your voice from from um, vibrating air to EMF energy, which you can then pick up on EMF devices or an EMF recorder. Yeah. But perhaps the spirit box is doing the same thing. So the amplifier on the speaker of the spirit box is picking up that EMF and putting it out via the speaker. And it's just kind of coincidence that you're also hearing the radio stations going through. Mm-hmm. It's not actually related to the radio stations at all. And it's just the fact that you're, you're giving them a source of an amplified energy to put it out. Yeah, I mean, if you if you heard my response, because I do my stuff live, like mm. so, there's no there's no BS. So everybody hears what I hear, and all I heard was shot us. I didn't hear that whole that whole sentence, you know, because it was too embedded in there. But I knew I heard something, so that's when I focused in on that and was able to slow it down wow. at the noise and, and that makes total it. sense with what he's saying though john because remember how many yeah. times you talk exactly. and we're like yo we hear something in the static we actually hear mm-hmm. talking in the static but we can't post that because people aren't going to hear that yeah. as well all the yeah, time exactly you know so exactly. i wonder too like is it amplifying the emf coming out of the speaker and is it causing an evp type effect you know on yeah, your hearing as opposed to just recording that's very yeah wow that's very interesting i never thought of it that way um, Victoria, what we were talking about, um, about the, the backwards, um, hearing something in reverse, she said that would be possible, right? If time is a man-made constraint, so in the spirit world, time wouldn't be just forward. It would go in many directions. Would, yeah, right? exactly. You could go so, back. Mm. I understand. I mean, and then when Nancy said there is many, um, apps out there that do have devices that have, um, reverse audio clips that are in them of gibberish. What do you think about those kind of techniques? Do you think something's going on there that they're actually hearing their true responses they're hearing? Or do you think that it's more of a pareidolia type effect because it's in reverse yeah. and you're getting these type sounds, you know? Yeah. I think your brain is designed to pick up on, on anything which it might need to know in case there's a threat. So you, you instantly try and make sense of anything that's got chaos. Yeah. Which is para- it's you know, like a, a self-defense type of mechanism in yeah. your brain to kind of make sense of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you, you, your brain tries to spot people in, you know, like the dressing gown on the back yeah. of the door. It tries yeah. to go, there's a person there. I need to worry and get up and, Oh no, it's just my dressing gown. It's fine. Yeah. We code on the door. (laughs) (laughs) It's an intruder. No, it's my dressing gown. I mean, think about it though. We we do it with clouds all the time. We'll look up at a cloud and go, oh, that looks like a flower, or that looks like a Mm. dog, or you know, whatever, just in our minds. We'll just because our brain is constantly trying to create a pattern of whatever. So I totally get that. So yeah, that's wild. That's 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 true. really good piece of evidence that's kind of supports a a sort of time dilation or at least kind of a different time speed for for some of the things we witnessed which is actually at the ram in again weirdly we had we had three people there and we were coming down the stairs and when i got i was at the bottom i was going first and there was someone behind me in the middle of the stairs and someone who was still in the attic and when i hit the bottom of the stairs i heard someone say andy and so i I called up said what what was it you want and then Wow. Do you just say Andy? He's like, no. So the way that we investigate, everyone's got audio recorders on as well as different locations. So from that, I picked up the Andy on all, all three areas where I was, the stairs and the, and the attic. Oh, wow. And on mine, it sounds normal. But as you further where you get up the stairs, the length of the Andy keeps getting longer. And that oh. would indicate that the, the either the time or the frequencies change between those two points. So it's... Oh. Very strange, but really good catch because you can then yeah. back up some of the theories of that. 
that is a cool catch just like chris just said that yeah really if you can if you can catch the same sound on three different devices in three different mm -hmm. locations i mean what can do that that doesn't always happen that you catch it on no three no, 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 no. Sometimes you can have it on one record and the one the record right next to it. Nothing yeah, it gets nothing. It gets nothing. Yes, it drives me up the wall sometimes. Yeah, that's wild though, because that would show time dilation. You're absolutely right. That would show the wow. That would that's wild. I never. Yeah, it was it was, it was kind of cool. That is awesome. That's Man, awesome. my brain is fried. I'm just yeah. like, oh my gosh, I got so much to think about now. It's a bit of a rabbit hole, isn't it? You just the DP you go yeah, into it, more is to it. Take yeah. the red pill, man. Yeah, take the red pill. <laughs> hey, well, thank you so much for coming on. I uh, once again, if you could shout out all your stuff for us, so that all the viewers can go check out all your amazing equipment. Some of the stuff that you're going to come out with soon is going to be absolutely amazing. I just know it. Um, mm. I want to have you back on when you do have um, this year coming because I know you have a big year uh, forward. But yeah, some, some big moves. I'm trying to go from just detecting these changes to then helping it you be used in communication. So next year is about trying to amp the communication up using this information. Nancy loved your accent. I've <laughs> <laughs> got an accent. <laughs> accent. See what I'm saying here? They're all missing the UK people, I tell you. But um, no, that no, that's great, and that's what I was just going to ask you was, what do you have planned for next year before you go? I mean, there's so much going on for next year that you have going on. I can imagine. What is something that you can sneak peek us? So yeah, okay, two things then. One is is going to be a device which helps people remove some of the variables when doing Esther sessions. So the the, the point it removes the, the worrying about radio stations, and also enables people then to then review things back later, as well as also communicate things like um, male, female, one person, another person during the session itself. So help the session progress a little bit. So trying to improve the the way Estes's work and, and get better results of it and see if there's anything to it or not, you know, really focus on that. That's and the other device is, I want to say it's, it's like a word bank approach, but the word bank focused on uh, the environmental changes and relate them to specific types of responses so they're the based on questioning um, uh, on, say, like how you're feeling or what sort of do you like about the place, then have the different changes in the environment specifically hit different words that are kind of tonally increased. So wow. uh, hot would be happy or cold would be sad, and then yeah. the bigger the change, the different sort of the word, so that we can then communicate that when you actually do an investigation saying, tell me how you're feeling if it's good then do this and if bad, do that and then you can then see a scale of that and actually then be able to use it as opposed to say a word bank or an app which is just coming up with random words you don't know how it works this is designed so you can explain it and then it can be used in a little bit more intuitive way with uh, whoever you're talking to awesome nancy and uh, nancy Nunez said greg and reg will love that so um i we're, we're all gonna love some of the stuff you're coming out with it's very scientific oh, yeah, man. Any viewer that just hopped in, definitely check out this episode because um, Andy, um, he he's amazing, man. He comes up with some amazing stuff. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, my friend. And uh, I'm, I'm super happy to have you on the show and, and so proud to have you on the show, man. It's Great an honor. Truly an honor. So anywhere, shout, anyway, shout out your website real quick and tell everyone. Skytech.co.uk or alternative, you can go to Relative Paranormal. Awesome. So there you go. You guys heard it first. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for coming on. I appreciate your time. We'll Always definitely a pleasure. See you next time. Yeah, thank you, Andy. Uh, what do you say, Andy? Well, cheers. Cheers, man. <laughs> Cheerio. Cheerio. <laughs> Thanks. Had a blast, man. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. Oh, that's awesome, man. Hold on. Let's change this back. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I – Great time talking to Andy, man. I, it's such a great time, and I, you know, I wish I knew that uh, Todd and Marissa were free. I would have had them come on and talk as well because they work very close with Andy. Um, I would have had them come on, and I, I couldn't send him a link at the same time. I was doing doing all of this, so I kind of feel bad. But I'll, 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 hit Todd, I'll hit up Todd after. I'll let him know. Um, it was no no hard feelings in that at all. Um, but um, I tell you, man, some of the great theories that we were able to talk about, and some of the stuff that he's able to collect um you know doing the work at sky tech that they do it's just like absolutely amazing man isn't it yeah dude i i'm i'm blown away you know 
and and just I can I can see his excitement in him. I can feel it, you know, as he's talking about his devices and to have that passion, you know, into something that you built, you know, that, that your heart and your mind are connected and it, it's going to happen, you know, and he has that, he has that aura, man. He's just, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna blow something open and it, it's going to take off. So. Yep. Absolutely. Well, everyone watching, thank you so much for checking out another episode of talking with the source. My name is AJ Capasso, host of Talking with the Source. I'm here with my friend and co-host, JK47, Jonathan Keyworth of JK47 Paranormal, and also his podcast. Check it out, Targeting with the JK47 people. Every Tuesday at noon, Mountain Time. Check it out. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Until next time, we will see you soon. Go check out. Bye, guys.